0: Hi, and welcome everyone to the 90th, 92nd episode of CRM Rocks. This is Marcus Alanson, and today's podcast will be about PCF in 2020. And with me today, I have Scott Duro from Develop One. Scott is a solution architect and Microsoft Business Applications MVP specializing in Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. He has over two decades of software engineer experience, moving him from assembly language, device driver programming, industry control software engineering into enterprise business software applications. Scott is also the author of Ribbon Workbench and Sparkle XRM and regular speaker at community events. Hey, welcome Scott to Row.
1: Hey, Marcus, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm just fine, thank you. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, really good. How long has it been since we last spoke on this show? It uh, must be, what, over two years now?
0: Yeah, I had to look it up before this one. So I think it was June 2018 where we talked about Unified Interface.
1: Wow, wow. The Unified Interface was new and all brand new and sparkly and, and shiny. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now everyone yeah. should be on it, right? You know. <laughs>
0: yeah it's about time that you get on it if you're not time is running out right
1: <laughs> yes if anyone's listening to it and they're not on it yet then yeah they might have a surprise i think it's, it's moved now isn't it to december because of the you know the covid thing so I mean, you've got a little bit yeah. extra time
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and, and that's not reason to for you to postpone your two months. just to you got two extra months. Start doing it now if you haven't already, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping that no one saw that those extra couple of months and thought, oh, well, yeah. we don't need to do anything.
0: No. So what is it that you do at Develop One?
1: Um, so, yeah, I'm a solution architect, um, which is the uh, it, it, basically the most awesomest job ever, really, because uh, it means I kind of get to you know, play with all the new cool technology uh, and solve problems for customers and using the Power Platform specifically. And, um, I mean, the thing is that I'm, I'm really at heart. I mean, I, I don't, I don't hide the fact that I love coding. So, uh, but, but the thing is, is that when you, when you code and, and you like coding, what it means is that you're in a unique position to be able to then look at solution architecture, uh, with a, from the perspective of, uh, you know, how do we make this the, the lowest total cost of ownership? How do we write the least code? And then when we do write code, making sure that that code is for the right reasons, you know, and so it's it's going to be deliver value, and so you know cost benefit calculate. that. So that's why I love being a solution architect, get to make those sorts. Of
0: so that versus that you had with pro code versus no code didn't turn out that versus right. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, the, the thing is, is that the, um, yeah, that it, it was, it was never reverses. Yeah. I mean, this is a thing is although uh, Sarah and I, we, we, we kind of did this presentation about a battle and all this kind of stuff. And it, the thing was, it was never a battle. It was never about one or the other. And I think that's the unique position of the Power Platform. It really, unlike many of the competitors that are now coming to the table, you know, low code is hot topic that everyone wants to get a piece of. And, and so, what the differentiator between the Power Platform and those other ones, other platforms, is that the Power Platform has got this huge extensibility model. It's about no cliffs, and you know, being able to say, well, okay, if I can't do it using the low code platform, then actually I can move into Pro Code and I can use Azure or PCF. And indeed, you know, brings us kind of a good segue onto what we're talking about, right?
0: Yeah, and it's just a fun frame to have to sort of get your attention, right? It's a battle. Who wins? Yes,
1: yes, exactly. Yeah. It was it was a bit of a clickbait, you know. I i, yeah. I have to admit,
0: <laughs> we're customers all the time. What's your last memorable customer experience as a customer?
1: Yeah, it, that's that's a really good way of putting it. That we're always customers because um I, I think one of the things that we we talk about a lot is citizenry. Right? So. Um, and And when someone asks me you know what a citizen developer is uh, I, I say well i'm a citizen developer because I'm a customer i I use the power platform in my day job not only to develop the stuff but also uh, as as a productivity form so um, my expectations of using the power platform is I should be able to make things quickly, do what I want them to do. so um A project I've been working on uh, before, uh, just before now, uh, SalesSpark, which is, you know, as an ISV, it's all about getting off the getting off the bat really quickly. Delivering things uh, in an agile way, you you want to be able to use the power platform to do things quickly. Um, not only to obviously deliver software as an ISV, but also to manage internally with these. So you know, managing customers and and using flows to to, to create licenses in Azure and, and things like that. So I think that that was for me a, a real pleasing situation to be in to actually be a customer and a citizen developer as well making you know making low code customization with with a high degree of productivity
0: i talked to chris hunting from back on episode 69 in october of 2018 on a topic called custom control framework now we're here talking about powerapps component framework and here in 2020 it feels like it took a while for this feature to hit General availability. Do you agree with me on that?
1: Yeah, it, I think it's different to many other features because when we have something like, I don't know, the D365 sales app, there's a new feature that goes into preview and then comes. Usually it's a sort of like wave one, it's in preview and then wave two, it goes into GA or thereabouts. The thing about PCF, and obviously it changed names, the Power Apps component framework rather than control framework. The thing about that is it actually has been around for a very long time, because it'd been used by the first party D365 apps anyway, in model driven apps. So it was something that was very stable internally within Microsoft, because they were using it themselves. And so what was actually happening was they were opening it up to us. So rather than building it out, and then release it. It was a case of saying, well, given that one, when you release something to the public, a framework form, that you really have to make sure that it's something that's going to be sustainable, supportable, and you're not going to have to make any significant changes going forwards. And so I think that was why it took a little bit of time to get into GA is because Microsoft really had to make sure that although they'd been used internally, and it was stable, that the way in which customers were going to consume it was going to be predictable and supportable so um yeah i i think that the amount of time it took was was reasonable given complexity and 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 how much of a um a foundational framework it is going forward
0: you don't want to be too agile so you introduce a lot of breaking changes after you hit general availability because then you just scare people off right
1: exactly exactly and indeed you know you you can't really people don't want to have any breaking changes when it comes to a, a a sort of fundamental thing like PCF is, this, you know, we're talking about you build something, you release it as a, as a, a component, and you want that component to carry on working. You don't want to, especially now we're in this sort of evergreen release cadence with with changes coming on a regular basis you don't want suddenly all of your forms to suddenly break because part of the api has um so yeah absolutely agile is is fine up to a point but you know when you you need something to be stable and i think having uh, that that extended period of preview was a really good way of making sure that that things didn't need to be tweaked
0: yeah so what is pcf to you then
1: um well it, uh, pcf to me is like the answer to all my prayers i mean is <laughs> all right it's, yeah i mean cuz for so long yeah, being a, a developer in, in the d365 space for a long time it's always been like well okay you can extend the ui and you can use html okay fair enough but you're in this little box and you can't get out of that. List. And and also oh and by the way we're not going to give you anything to start off with. It's just a white box and you have to do everything, all of the heavy lifting, lifting. Um and and you know, coming from other frameworks, so if you if you're developing something in asp.net or express or something like that where you you have um you know a lot more frameworks that are going to deliver a UI for you in a much more integrated way, then you know the the productivity goes down considerably if you have to start from scratch, which is why I built XRM, which is an open source framework for building HTML web resources, and 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 really, what all that was about is saying, okay, look, you've got all these different libraries. Uh, Okay, we're going to use this, this, and this because that's what's used internally within Microsoft, so we'll use them as well. Uh, Here's some sample frameworks to create editable grids and and forms and validation, all that kind of stuff. You know, this is like a bootstrap; it kind of gets you up and running. Um, But with PCF, suddenly. Then you you can now build things in in using Fluent UI, which is the same UI component framework that um, that model driven app are built on. And so so you suddenly got this ability to sort of uh, you're kind of e- uh, um, elevated up to the point where actually you're just saying, okay, I want to want a drop down list and I want a grid, and rather than oh, how on the earth am I going to build this from the ground up?
0: And I really like the component part of it. So it's like, okay, this is your component. You have your parameters they're sent to you you don't have to read anything and you don't have the entire form to you so you can't really mess with anything so you have this contained component like a like a function in uh, programming and i really like that part of it
1: yeah absolutely i mean the component side of things is is you're right it it is it is a significant part of it and and the fact that now what we're what we're doing is we're building something that's first party in in the sense that it sits inside the form so you can participate in the form life cycle uh, you, you you can other people can consume your components and add them into their own forms in in a way which is much more um native to the way in which the form designers work uh, we're still waiting for the, the the new form designer to get support for pcf but you know it'll, it'll happen uh, eventually and, and then we'll 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 be in a situation whereby the the out-of-the-box controls or custom controls they are they're all playing by the same rules uh, and so you, you'll be building forms in, in a much more elegant way rather than having this rogue html sitting inside a window
0: <laughs> yeah and these infinite javascript forms that you Form scripts that you have like 2,000 rows of JavaScript, and it's like okay, it's this function here, this change there, the load there, the say there, and you're like, okay, I want to make a change, and I don't want to mess something else up, and you're like, I'm not sure what I'm doing here any longer.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the whole kind of you know cut and paste from Google type scenario for. Um, for low code customizations, is you know it was it was low code in the sense that you didn't write any code, but you copied and pasted it, and you
0: just hoped for yeah. the best. <laughs> what types of components are there?
1: Um, what you mean in terms of uh, what components are available, written by other people at this stage? Is that what you mean?
0: No, I I mean like what types of components can you do? Can you have like a form change, or how can that be?
1: Oh um, right, okay, yeah. So. The, it, the, the easiest way to think about that is is the way we, we already customize forms. So, um, if you use the editable grid, you'll know that um, you, you go into a, a view or or an entity or a subgrid, and you'd say, okay, rather than show using the the stand standard. Uh, read-only grid, you can then select a editable grid. So that's that's an example of PCF. And and that's what I was saying before about the fact that actually, you know, editable grids have been around for a long time, right? I don't know how long they've been around for, but um, it's been longer than two years for sure. And and so the that that notion of the editable grid is a PCF control uh, which you can add to a data set. But then there's also in the same way as you might customize a a field. So at the moment, you know, you can add in controls to show, you know, the colored option sets control, you know, which is quite, I really, I always like that control because it, you know, spruces up your forms a little bit and shows uh, up to three different values of different colors. You can use it, can select them as sort of toggle buttons. Um, you know, that's a PCF control. So in a sense we all, that the language of PCF is already, um, with us the semantics we already are familiar with it and so all we're doing is allowing ourselves to add either the data set control or fields field control on top of the existing ones that we can choose from
0: so you can either change a view or a list so that's the data set then or you can change one component like an a field on a form yes that's the two types that we have so i don't really have one to change my entire form right so for one record i can't really change that
1: Uh, no that's right i mean the the thing about the container for pcf control is that it's if you're in a model driven apps the form is the container or the view is the container and so it comes down to the componentization that's that's what we're looking at here is, is that there's building blocks and and so when we're building a form the the building blocks are subgrids and uh, fields, so those that's where you can re- replace your pcf controls the the actual container is, is obviously fixed in the sense that you're going to have that header um you've got the, the command bar across the top and things like that but of course when you're in a canvas app there, there is no concept of that runtime container it's it's just simply a blank canvas and so yeah that's you, true you can just put on whatever you know you can put fields or data set Uh, components on top of that blank canvas now the way that we're we're moving is this more of this sort of unified app model which is if you look at the the documentation on power apps specifically around pcf and also hinted in some of the uh the wave one um release notes we're moving to more of this sort of homogenization and obviously we've already got embedded canvas app inside Model, uh, but really, the, the end goal I think should be that we don't really distinct, uh, differentiate between a canvas or it's just an app, and, and some parts of that app are going to be customizable infinitely in terms of it's a blank canvas, and some of those are going to have sort of semantic constructs that you that you have to use in order to um, play by its rules. And so, you know, I, I can imagine a, a place where if you don't like the model driven construct the form construct if you find that too restrictive because you just don't want that header you don't want the the, the commands and the command bar at the top then then actually use a you know a, just a, a custom canvas app to do all the things and you've got full control Um, But then when you start to mash them up and have combinations, I think that's where you really get the flexibility.
0: So if I want to be interested in and find some examples and look at those to see what people have already done with these PCFs, where do I go then?
1: Um, Well, if you go to the PCF documentation in docs.microsoft.com, there's actually, I don't know, about 20 samples that are all in GitHub, which are updated, actually, you know, fairly regularly by the, the PCF team. So they um they, they've got a, a whole range of samples there for fields and data sets uh, in that github repository and it kind of demonstrates the d- kind of different concepts but then there's a whole ton of community contributions as well in in p- the pcf gallery and um you know you can see the, the sky's the limit in terms of you know, what you could do because really it's just javascript at the end of the day and JavaScript's manipulating html in the in the in the dom and i think one of the unique parts about that the PCF is unlike as I was talking about before with the iframe windowing, because you're actually in, you're editing the DOM of the of the canvas app or the model driven app, so there are no restrictions in terms of what you can do. Um, I've I was recently, and
0: that's the thing that we've been banned for so long. That no, 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 you should never edit the DOM. In, in CRM, right?
1: Yeah, it, I almost feel bad every time I do something like that. I mean, I feel like it's like, uh, am I really? Am, are we allowed to do this? Like, you show, show some sort of modal um, modal dialogue or, or, or something like that, or some pop up that that goes full screen, and you think, "Ooh, really? This this is too good to be true." I mean, it's like I said before; it's kind of like an answer to prayers.
0: <laughs> if I'm a newbie and I just start off with PCF, it feels like if I just want to do a simple PCF. There is a lot of code for a component. Do you agree with that?
1: Um. Well, yeah. If you if you go to the the samples that the, the, that um, Microsoft provide in the docs, I, a lot of it is um, is kind of stuff that's the same. Actually, I mean, it, it when when you use the templates, when you use the the, the pack tools, um, which are the command line tools for for PCF, it, you, you, it will create you a uh, um it will create you a project and um and actually uh, you know the, that that project has got a lot of boilerplate stuff in there it's got a manifest file it's got index.ts and um so so it kind of does look a little bit um daunting initially if you if you're sort of just starting out but actually when it boils down to it really all what happens is you're just given a container an html dom container that you can add stuff to uh, and, and you're given an event that happens when stuff gets updated and you get a function that you can call when you want to update something. So actually, it, it is pretty simple. And and so th- what happens after that is really dependent on how complicated you may want to make your PCF component. Um, I I did a um, PCF con- control recently, uh, which is a re-implementation of a network view um web resource that i did a while ago which just kind of shows like a a cool a network of, of all your connections and and all the different activities and you can drag them ro- drop drop that you can drag them around and you see them sort of wobbling about and it's like a visualization and that's a whole ton of code but then it you know it goes all the way over to well you just actually want to do a, a very simple implementation of a of an option set with sort of images or something like that and it actually turns out to be very small n- lines of code so i think it's like with all ui development ui development can be very complicated so it's not something that you you know just want to jump in and and start and and i think what I, I always recommend to people is when they when they are starting out with pcf it's i think the question you need to ask yourself is do I really need a PCF control? Because <laughs> you know, do, do, it's it's very easy. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of all this. You jump in. It's like, okay, some cool tech. I'm going to use that. Um, but, but just taking a step back and saying, well, okay, well, what are the other options? How far can I get with the out-of-the-box stuff? Um, how far can I get with maybe an embedded Canvas app? Um, because it, because if you you are writing code that, that's HTML and, and, and front end UI code is complicated, you get into, you know, event management, state management, um, rendering performance, all of these kind of things that do require a, a degree of um, sort of experience with creating UI. Um, but of course, with the low code options, you don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff.
0: Uh, do you feel like there's more to come with, like, templates and scaffolding to help you get going with setting up a project or things like that?
1: Um, well, it's very unopinionated. I think that's just one of the advantages of, of the PCF framework. And I think they had to do, you know, the, the team really had to work on this. Because they, the, as soon as you introduce, like, opinions about how it how it does something, then it starts to become limiting, you know, the the low, you know, canvas apps, very opinionated in terms of how you build UI. Um, It it, it says, this is how you build a UI. You've got screens and you've got date galleries and you've got buttons that have on select events. And, and so, but with the PTF, because it's just literally giving you this HTML DOM element that you can go and add stuff to. um, It's very unopinionated. The only opinion is, is, well, you've got some data that you can bind to in a two way fashion or, or a one way fashion. Um, and so I think any any scaffolding that happens, and, and certainly the, you know, there's a lot of sample stuff out there. You know, people there's, there's the Yeoman generator, there's the GitHub repositories all over the place. Um, I mean, I, I've got a I've got a Git uh, project as well for uh, sort of like a starter, uh, giving you sort of React a way of inter- in, in, um, implementing React using um, MVVM pattern similar to the way that Sparkle XRM worked, actually. You know, all these things are then choices. You know, the, the actual PCF itself remains unopinionated, and I think that's the right place for it to be.
0: So when you go to this DOM and all these elements that you can control, do you have to think about browser compatibility when you develop this then?
1: Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, you are creating a custom piece of HTML code that, that, that will... Run in multiple browsers, and um, the the Fluent UI makes this a a dance site easier. I mean, that's I love Fluent UI. It's a, it's a Microsoft's UI framework that's used in Office 365, and as I said, you know, Power Apps is using Fluent UI, so it's very easy to make very native looking UI um, that that just blends into the rest of Power Apps. And uh, and so that does elevate you a whole ton higher than just HTML. And, and so you, when you start using React with that, that makes it very easy then to build complex UI. But still, you're going to have to think about if you've got some custom code. Um, c- classic one is if you've got if you're using ES6 syntax, you know you're not you're not transpiling down to ES5. Then if you're going to run it on IE11, then you get, there's going to be some things you're going to need to polyfill um and, and and make work there so yes you will need to think about but broadly it's getting a lot easier i mean it's a ton easier these days than it used to be i mean if you look at the browser compatibility charts you know if you most es6 is 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 pretty much consistent across all browsers ie11 being the oddball you know if anyone else is using ie11 out there at the moment you know commiserations
0: <laughs> internet explorer is i think it's not considered even a browser from microsoft point of view right it's, it's a backward compatibility solution that's what it is
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah it's funny how this thing's you know it used to be that oh i11 is the newest fastest browser ever and now it's like oh don't use that you know and the same with edge you know it's like oh the old edge don't use the old edge it's these you know Edgeium. Chromium, you know, use the the new one. So, um, but yes, all the modern browsers with with IE eleven removed are are, are pretty good in terms of the way they implement stuff. And certainly, if you use something like Fluent UI on top of top of PCF, uh, the the compatibility you, that you actually need to work worry about is um, is quite low. It tends to be that that the subtleties are more now less about the browser, more about the device. So, if you are using it in on Safari on your phone, or or you know um chrome on on an android device and you touch events so it tends to be like if you're using a drag and drop library open source drag and drop library you're making sure that that works with touch events really so so device compatibility now is the new browser compatibility
0: all right then so and i think it's much easier to to use bundles here as well because you can take dependencies on third-party libraries and you don't have to worry about that okay it's a lot of web resources that I need to upload to CRM keep it in my solution have them relatively to where I am so I can find all the web resources now it's like npm build and then you have a solution zip and you just upload it and that makes it a ton more easier to take dependencies
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, bundling is is good in that respect. But I mean, obviously, bundling is something you, you can do with just standard HTML web resources. And actually, when it boils down to it, at the moment, there is a little bit of a flaw there. Because back in when we were using HTML web resources, we could create, if we didn't want to bundle it all into one JS web resources used by an HTML web resource, we, we could have separate ones, like you say, and then we could load. But then, and of course, what we could do then is share those across multiple HTML web resources, which tend to be the way, the reason why you'd separate them out. You know, you can factor out a library and share it. Well, the thing about PCF is that that's not possible at the moment. You know, the, 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 the framework doesn't allow you to share libraries yet. Um, so, what happens if you've got two controls and they both use fluent ui and react you're going to get two bundled versions of fluent ui and react and they're both going to get loaded into the dom so this is one of those big considerations that you have to look at in pcf is that i I tend to talk about like micro controls versus like composite controls so micro controls are the ones that you might just swap out a normal out-of-the-box control so like a a very simple option set or or, or visualization or something like that you know those kind of things you want if you want if you know that your users your customers are going to if you're writing as as a as an isv for example and you're selling it and you're going to have like five or six versions of that control on a form then bundling suddenly becomes a problem because you don't want five or six versions of loads of these libraries bundled so that's when you have to make it lean and really and 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 not actually use as lots and lots of bundling. Uh, but of course, if you've got a composite control, which is actually just doing one thing and there's only ever going to be one version of it on a, on a form, then actually it becomes less of an issue.
0: So you have one version of it, but you have six of it. Is it the same thing that's sent? So you have like a cache, it's the same solution six times, but it has this property, so it's connected to these. Um, attributes over here and these other attributes over there.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the, the, basically, what's happening is it's a, it's a. Uh, imagine it was just like a single JavaScript web resource, and it's just going to load it up as a as a JavaScript web resource in that in a sense. Um, so, if it's the same control, it's okay. But if you've got lots and lots of controls, then you know you're going to basically package up your your libraries multiple times and load them as separate JavaScript web resources. That's essentially what's happening.
0: Okay. So, what's your favorite now? Then, do you favorite Visual Studio or VS Code? <laughs>
1: yeah, this is this is one of those a battle things. again. Yeah, the bat- yeah, I I don't know. I I I love both of them. I use Visual Studio for for all the sort of C Sharp Azure stuff, um, but anything front end VS Code. VS Code is just so much. There's so much more support for it, uh, and it's so much easier to do stuff with NPM and. Yeah, v- VS Code for front end dev every time.
0: So for these PCF, it's it's definitely VS Code.
1: Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. Um, <laughs> some people sort of say, "Oh, well, you can do PCF control in Visual Studio, and PCF development." But but I just say, "Well, just don't bother," because <laughs> it's, it's, you you're really it is making life hard for yourself using <laughs> Visual sure. Studio to do PCF controls.
0: Yeah, do PCF have like a project file or something that you can open in Visual Studio, or is it always just folder based?
1: Well, there is a there is a notion of a project for because it uses MS Build to actually build uh, the the components for and, and pack it into a solution, but that that project doesn't have any um, definition for that Visual Studio can understand. So. And Visual Studio can't load it. Is as, as a it would you'd have to use Visual Studio's folder loading, and that's fine. I mean, you know, Visual Studio works fine for loading folders in the same way as VS Code does. Um, so, so you, like, you can do it, but all the all the support for for the JavaScript Node.js type stuff is is not as good in Visual Studio. It's much much better in VS Code.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, and and it feels like they're a bit. Faster cadence with VS Code, even though VS Visual Studio have picked up the cadence really much lately.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot, a lot of updates coming, in. but it's you know the focus is in a different place, I and mean, that's where Microsoft are focusing on VS Code for front end devs. And that that and although I mean you can you can do C development, and actually recently the, a lot of the the Azure stuff is getting into VS Code as well. So you know writing Azure Functions VS Code so. Yeah, I don't know what will happen in the future. Maybe maybe one day Visual Studio will be, you know, something that's not, you know, people don't use anymore. I don't know.
0: That's the legacy solution later on then.
1: Yeah, yeah, perhaps, perhaps, who knows? Maybe next, in two years' time when we talk again on this show, you know, maybe...
0: <laughs> Hopefully not in two years' time. <laughs> what have you done with components?
1: Um. Yeah, I... I been doing a lot of stuff. I mean I was on the private be- preview um so I I sort of feel like I've lived and breathed PCF for so long. Um I have built a lot of very complex stuff and and much simpler stuff as well. Uh spark was a, a very complicated uh, set of PCF controls using creating a very sort of dedicated UI inside uh, model driven apps but I I've been looking quite a lot at canvas apps recently as well. Um, now, Canvas Apps is, is still in preview. So it's, it's very tempting to think, oh, well, it's PCF, it's one framework. So it's going to be the same writing components for Canvas Apps as model different apps. But actually, it's fundamentally different. I mean, although the framework is unopinionated, uh, the host is very opinionated, right? So, you know, what I was saying before about the PCF of our framework doesn't really care how you do things. It just gives you a DOM element well that's fine as a framework but as soon as you put that framework inside canvas apps then the opinions of canvas apps are very prevalent in, in terms of how you interact with canvas apps and and so the, you know the simplest way of looking at it is if you if you, the opinion of a model driven app is that you are sitting inside a form context there is no such thing in a, in a canvas app you know no such thing no such thing as a form context you can't you know you've got no life save life cycle events all of those kind of things um and so yeah i've i've been doing a lot with canvas apps because i think that canvas app pcf and canvas app is probably the next frontier uh because as as this low code development comes uh, becomes much much more popular because it, it really is the the speed of adoption is crazy now people are just churning out these things because you can very quickly um i think that the opportunity for pcf components in canvas apps is huge in, in terms of saying okay well actually i can get 100 percent of the way in canvas app you know i can i can do everything in canvas app using this low code these low code formulas however this bit would be really much much more efficient if i could create had this particular user experience. And I think that's where PCF and Canvas is going to be really super important going forwards. Um, but yeah, at the moment it's still in, in preview and, and I so I suspect things are going to change. Um, but yeah, I've been focusing quite a lot on that recently.
0: Okay, so I didn't know that that was a thing that you could add PCFs to the Canvas app. So that's different from the components in Canvas apps where you can sort of comprise different um Elements and just have like a header or a footer or a navigation bar, and then have that on a separate component and canvas apps and just reuse it. So, this is a different thing where you actually have PCF components in the canvas apps,
1: yes, exactly. Um, it's, it's it's code components, I mean, that's that's what they're talking about. So, uh, you know, you've got code, you've got low code components, uh, and then you've got these, these, uh code components so it, it gives you this again it comes back to no cliffs you know that's that's the mantra that, that the team are always talking about and so you you can always get a, a certain point where you you can do everything using the low code but then if you hit a cliff okay that's that's how you move forwards you can you can either move out into into uh, something in azure or you can start doing ui stuff using pcf um and and the p and actually they don't even need to be ui components i mean because i i think one of the reasons that we talk, it's, it's PCF, which is the C as a component, is that it doesn't always have to be, there doesn't have to be a UI element to them. So I I tend to talk about PCF controls, right? So when, and, and a PCF control kind of implies that it's a control in the sense that it's got a user interface, but nevertheless, you can also have just a PCF um, that is, uh, has no UI on it. And, and so for recently, or actually it was when Sarah and I were doing the, our uh, no code, uh battle is i created a um a signal signal r component that that received notifications and for from uh people using kind of like a joystick for like a fight you know like a street fighter kind of thing um and so you know using signal r you could then interact and have a like multiplayer game with with different phones with a little controllers and then using signal r you could communicate over to a, a single screen that was hosting your your canvas app and so you could that have you know you could have this sort of real-time uh, element to your canvas app so i think that's that's why it so exciting with using pcf inside canvas
0: so if we want to build components do i have to use react is that the way forward
1: you certainly don't need to. Um, again, you know, if, if if they were mandating React, then that would be an opinion. And I think you know, unopinionated is the key. So you get a DOM element, and you can do what you like with that DOM element. If you wanted to, you could add jQuery, or you could add Vue.js, or or anything. I mean, React. I I use React a lot for for larger components because it just simplifies the development cycle. So it tends to be in model driven apps. If you're going to create a PCF, that you quite often. Will be doing something quite uh, complex, you know. So, for example, you might have a uh, I was doing a map control recently, you know, that allowed you to have multiple pins on the map and select those pins and then see information on those pins and then perform actions on those pins inside the context of a form, you know. So, in that respect, if you, if you were going to do that and you know it had like pop up forms, modal forms, and things, if you were going to do that using without React, it, it, it suddenly creates you a, a much more complicated job to implement that UI, but, but React makes it's just a beautiful way of implementing HTML.
0: And then you add Fluid UI. Is that your favorite for the user interface layer then?
1: Fluent, yes. Fluent UI, absolutely. Um, it Fluent, used to be called yes. yeah it used to be called Office UI Fabric. Um, and it came from the the SPFX guys in you know, SharePoint, so creating SharePoint apps. Um, so it was, about, it was basically, it came from this need to be able to create apps in SharePoint that looked like SharePoint. So it looked like Office 365, it looked like a standard model, a modern SharePoint site. So all of the controls that, that SharePoint were using, they sort of factored out into this Office UI fabric um, and, and then opened that up to people. to be, And then so we're sort of inheriting that. And now, now it's, called, it's just really been rebranded as Fluent UI. Um, it's very much still very much the same library as the, uh, the Office UI fabric but it because it's because uh, power apps is built using fluent ui as well it means that you can create a ui experience which is very very similar looking to the the experience that your users already used to so in a sense they don't really notice any difference they think it's actually just standard out-of-the-box functionality you know when they're looking at it
0: and then you use typescript for helping you develop this you have the type safety there as well do you do you think that's a good uh, good choice
1: <laughs> TypeScript, yeah, I, I can't imagine anyone not using TypeScript, to be honest. I mean, TypeScript is really, it's just allowing you to use the latest version of JavaScript. I mean, that's, that's all it is. It's not, it's not like a, it's not, in a sense, it's not really, I don't see it as a different language as to, to javascript it's just because javascript you've got lots of different flavors you know the es5 es6 es8 nine different standards with different functionality so uh, you know using promises versus using async await you know all this all of these syntactical things that javascript are interested in implementing in their latest standards and uh, typescript allows you to use those before they're implemented in the browser so actually you know we were talking about, about browser compatibility earlier i mean typescript is great because you you can write using all the latest version, latest syntax, but then it just gets transpiled down into ES5 that's going to run on all browsers. Um, And so, you know, once the browsers are supporting those latest standards, then your transpilation process won't need to go down to ES5. You can go down to A- ES6 or ES8, you know. But you're already using all of the functionality.
0: But it's also checking that functions are available on the type that you're working on, that it knows the types or it can infer the types. So, okay, this function returns this or that, then it cannot be anything other and these two, so you have this help while you're writing, so you don't have to remember as much, things like that. I've, I just I just like that. Yeah,
1: help. yeah, definitely. I, I mean, to, the the IDEs for JavaScript are um, you know are, are pretty clever these days. So if you are writing JavaScript, a lot there is a lot of type inference that you get with the IDEs. But but certainly with TypeScript, yeah, you do. There is a lot more type safety. Um, that you, you do get. I just it. like
0: that it it throws error at me when I misspelled something. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um it, and, and generics is great. And obviously if you if you're used to writing ES and it, I think it comes back to the, the the transpilation as well because if you were writing javascript that um was was sort of ES6 javascript, you can transpile ES6 into ES5. So using Babel, you can you don't need to use the typescript and in fact actually pcf doesn't use the typescript compiler at all and this is what's interesting about it you know it uses the ts loader uh, for for webpack and um you know it's not running tsc it's not running the typescript compiler at all it's just it's it's using webpack to do the transpilation down into es5
0: so there will be no more sparkle xrm is that what you're trying to say here
1: yeah the that the writing is on the wall yeah absolutely I mean obviously if you're still writing HTML web resources then it's it's, it's still there for but uh, as as the pcF becomes much more prevalent and much more um capable because like we're, we're waiting for unbound controls at the moment and that's probably one of the biggest areas that we're, we're waiting for because at the moment if you wanted to say for example create like some custom UI in a a, a sitemap element, you know, to have like config, then you can't can't currently do that with PCF. So, but that's going to be, that's on the books, you know, so that over time, we're going to, we're going to get to a point where actually everything you used to be able to do using HTML web web resources, you will be able to do using PCF. Uh, And I think once that's the case, then yeah, there's, there really is no need for that, the, the, the Sparkle XRM. But the thing is, is that Sparkle XRM was as much about the design patterns as, as it was about the actual library itself. And so I use the design patterns that Sparkle XRM uses when I'm writing PCF controls. Um, it's, 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 a, it's an ethos. It's a way of, of making your code more testable, or making your code more component-based, um, and making it be able to you know change over time and more maintainable. And so those, those things live on. Um, but the actual JavaScript technology that was used in libraries like Java, like jQuery, um, you know, the jQuery is, is, is something that is losing popularity now because of the other uh, libraries like React
0: that are around. And the un- unbounded one, I haven't heard about that one. So that sounds like a field control, but you don't have to connect it to a field. So it doesn't have to have like, okay, it has to be on a... Option set attribute, and then you replace an option set form. Att- uh, oh, sorry, on the form that then you replace an an attribute on the form. So these are more like okay, I have an iframe. Let's add that. These are then let's add a PCF to just a blank can, not canvas, but like a blank space on the form.
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure about the form, but. Certainly in the sitemap. So, if you've got a, oh, okay. so if you have got a link on the sitemap, because actually, currently, it's one of those things. They currently Microsoft and the D365 team are using Unbound controls themselves. You know, if you, if you go to the D365 app and you go to the sales engagement um, config page, for example, if you look at the sitemap element, you'll you'll see it's a PCF host. Uh, for an unbound pcf control, so it just basically says okay show a pcF control when you when the user selects this this navigation item and it's just there's like a url you know to doing that and so yeah so, so what we're doing is we we're, we're waiting for that to be opened up for us to be able to be in a supported way
0: yeah. So then, okay. So again, the only it's, way of it's like that. a page then in yeah, the entire it, page. It, exactly. Because mm. the
1: only way of doing that at the moment is in, in a supported fashion is using an HTML web resource in the sitemap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What What types of things that you used to build these more than Visual Studio Code? Do you need more?
1: I, fool, you know, if you if you're a front end developer, you'll have your own kind of specific libraries uh, and and that's you know that's what's the great thing about open source software right you know there's so much stuff out there that you can use and and it really depends on the kind of problem domain you use, you're trying to solve um so I, you know i've got over and above fluent ui and um and react um i i've, I've got no sort of other things that i will always use but um there's there's lots of libraries um for example like you know drag and drop libraries those kind of things they they're quite common um and uh, visualization libraries like you know, Google. Google Charts is, is a great visualization um, library, and that's what I've been using recently as well.
0: So you, these are sort of your tribe of libraries that work together for you with like React and Fluent UI then?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they even necessarily need to work together. I mean, it's, it's just JavaScript and HTML, so there isn't really any need to worry about compatibility it's not like back in the day where you were using something that like in jquery is if you're using jquery everything needed to be jquery it was like that was what you had to do whereas really now the way that um you know the we're working as long as you've got a, a dom element you can you can do what you, want, you like and that dom element can sit inside a react element and, and be unsafe and handle itself if you want to and so yeah, as long as it works inside, um, it can be bundled as well as NPN. Now, that there, there are some limitations. like Some some NPN modules have got something that won't work with the way in which PCF loads. So, for example, if it loads a CSS style sheet, um, but that's not going to work at the moment. You have to handle CSS slightly differently inside PCF controls. And... Um, Try to think of other things that you'd you'd want to steer clear of. If it was like dynamically loading other files, for example, um, that's not going to work because everything needs to be bundled inside the bundle.js that the PCF controls. So you know there there are going to be sometimes things that, that that libraries do that won't work. But but as a whole, as long as it's HTML um, and, and and you know you you can you can um, tie it to a particular element, then it should be okay.
0: But would you go with like Angular two point and above, where you have like routers and stuff like that bundled together with it as well? Uh,
1: you can, yes, you could use that absolutely. Um, I mean, I I I prefer React. You know, I, I there are you know, there's you know, Vue.js and Angular and Knockout and you know, lots of different other different um, UI binding mechanisms that you can use. Um, but I, I use React because model driven apps and Canvas use React. Um, actually, I'm not sure about Canvas. I think Canvas uses Knockout in some places, um, but model driven app certainly is uh, is using is using React. And so, at the moment, though we we don't get to participate inside the React virtual DOM of model driven apps. So each PCF gets its own virtual DOM, which is. You know, not not ideal because it has to load up its own virtual DOM, its own instance of React for that uh, that particular control. And so, although you might share that React, it might be you know multiple instances of the same control. It's going to have its own virtual DOM, its own instance of React running for each control. And so, I'm waiting for the time that we'll be able to participate in the virtual DOM of model driven apps, because so, that means we don't need to load our own version of React. Um, but, there's but perhaps obviously...
0: it's just for safety for now, so it's yes. safer because you can't really break out of that container as easily then.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean that. That's. I'm. am sure that, that that's the reason it's like this at the moment. Um. Because you know, if you start to, you you could crash the whole virtual dom. You know, that if you don't if you don't have an error bound boundary that's handled, you could potentially you know kill the whole thing. So, yeah, I, I think there's there's definitely safety there, but. There are ways of creating boundaries that that would handle child controls rendering inside React. So I'm I'm sure that they're working on it.
0: Okay, so where do I go if I want to know more?
1: Well, um, certainly the docs are a great place, um, but also a a shameless plug, I've actually got a a um, a course on building professional PCF controls for model-driven apps. So you can head over to learn.develop1.net and enroll on that course it's like a 16 hours video and like lesson handouts and sample code and stuff and it takes you all the way through from the sort of fundamentals all the way through to sort of building much more advanced uh, react uh, mvvm testable maintainable controls
0: all right um, and then we have, of course, the docs, the the examples there, and the PCF gallery. Yeah, the PCF and-
1: gallery is fantastic, and I, lo- I love that. Um, I love that. You know, you you just we kind of constantly getting new PCF controls published in the gallery all the time, and it's it's fantastic to just see what people are doing. And it, and I think you know, it, even if it's not necessarily going to be the same code, you might use use or, you know the actual compiled version of that library seeing what people do is is a great way of learning i mean i i certainly try to spend you know a couple of hours a week just looking at other people's code because i think i think uh it's it's one of the sort of fundamental principles of of zen having like a beginner's mind to everything you know you should always approach something as a beginner because if you if you close your mind and you think oh well i'm an expert at this i don't need to learn anything then you're never going to be able to. You're never going to be able to have an open mind. You're never going to be able to learn new angles on something. So yeah, I, I try and spend a couple of hours just going and looking at other people's code and with a beginner's mind. You know, just leaving all of the stuff that I've done at the door and, and just looking at it, trying to look at it from a fresh perspective.
0: So if I'm to see you, do you have any public speaking scheduled, perhaps virtually at least?
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, virtually. Um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen in the future? Um, but I'm actually speaking at Extreme 365 next week. Um, this is a bit late for, for I think when this goes out, I'm also. Yeah, that's,
0: that's like a a month or two ago yeah. then for us yeah. now.
1: It will be, yeah, it will be in the past, yeah, um, and at, at the the user summit as well. Um, but I think the the next, um, the, the, in the UK, we have been running virtual D365 user groups, um, so. Well, that's a fantastic because we always have a great turnout and some high quality of speakers and so if anyone's listening and you know just look up look us up the uk chapter uh, of the of the d65 user group and just go and check out when the next meeting is um we kind of do them uh, sort of three or four times a year and uh, yeah we and also you can check out all the youtube channel as well because there's there's all the recordings from previous meetings there as well so highly recommend that but then i think the next one in person probably will be the Nordic Summit that I will be at as well. So, really looking forward to that.
0: So, what was that? The Nordic Summit.
1: Yeah, Nor- Nordic Nordic Summit. Yeah, which yeah, so nice. will be in Sweden. Yeah, I'm not sure the date So, so it it's be my minor. home place then. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So it will it will be um, hopefully uh, you know kind of this year, later end of this year, I expect. And um, yeah, so I'll be t- I'll be doing a talk on PCF there as well.
0: Who would you like to recommend as a future guest on this podcast?
1: Um, well, I I think that it would be good to get someone um, that is comes from the the kind of the low code side of things. You know, the sort of the citizen developer side of things. So, um, uh, Keith Watling would be a, a great person to have. Um, because he's, he's a real advocate, advocate for the low-code side of things. You know, we've been talking about the the pro-code, the writing um, components and, and the list, but but Keith is, is fantastic at, at, at seeing things from that sort of um, how far can you get without getting down into the complexities of code? You know, how far can you get with um, a, a community helping each other? So, yeah, he's, he would be a great person to have on.
0: Yeah, and I would like to have an introduction, so we can we can get that offline later on. Then,
1: yeah, sure thing. Uh,
0: so, where where do you have any links to your self promotion?
1: Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm on GitHub a lot, so you, you can certainly look me up on GitHub. And, um, but yeah, like I said, if you, you go to learn. Develop one. dot net, uh, that's you can you can check out my two courses there and um and my latest PCF course, which I'm very excited about. And yeah, I'd uh, love to hear from you
0: and then you have your youtube channel and you had some uh, um what was that uh, yes uh, dynamics uh, or it's called d365 um, saturday right where you had some virtual events where you participated also talking about pcs right
1: that's right yeah and i believe those are all up on youtube as well i think this, this is one of the really exciting parts of all of this virtual well, you know, virtual conferences is that now what we're getting is all the people that are speaking. All a lot of it's available on YouTube now, so it's it's sort of created this huge back catalogue of of um, sessions that you can go and check out. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I've got a couple of my recordings there as well, which you can go and sh- go and see. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm going to be doing a series on my YouTube channel as well um, on some um, PCF concepts. So. Yeah, subscribe to my channel and uh, yeah, and get notified when I post.
0: Thank you, Scott Rowe, for your participation in Serum Rocks.
1: Thanks for having me, Marcus. It's, it's been really enjoyable talking to you.
0: And thanks to your listening. And don't forget that you can subscribe to Serum Rocks. Just search for it in your favorite podcasting app and you will find it right there. See you next time on Serum Rocks.